You mean Bud? <laughs> but the problem is they're going home and that, that marriage wrecker is waiting for them. Oh, there you go. I'm going to serve you lobster while you sleep. I'll put a bib on first. There you go. The Imperial forces won't see you now, Princess Leia. Worst haircut. Yeah, and they did it on per Well, I already beat that to death. Late! It's kind of getting stormy in the city. Yeah, look at Metropedius. Oh, what a bad idea having this carnival after all. I paid $200,000 for this set! <laughs> Wreck the set! I'm sorry. I, 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 I think I already Kirby. told you, but... Fox Pictures would go on to use this set over and fucking over and fucking over again because it they need to make their money back. The the box office did not. I'm not know. necessarily crying. I mean, I know this was shot in California. The, yeah. the studio lots have a weird history of like giant companies going under and then new companies buying the lot or evolving it. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, boo-hoo. They created a movie studio. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This yeah. guy helped him create a back back lot that they use for multiple movies. I'm crying. Multiple, in my... right? Yeah. Although this is crazy, I would hate to be an extra in this scene. <laughs> yeah, you hate when wind is like in Florida wind. Florida oh, wind. It takes it distracts from the plot. Yeah, but this is intentional. I mean, I get you. I I do I, agree. I, I do agree. Good. It drives me crazy watching trees blow in the wind. <laughs> Oh no, this boat idea was stupid. <laughs> I'm not... Okay, don't drown this time, for reals. For reals, don't drown. Is she going to drown? Uh, as you know, I never spoiled the film, so I'm going to yeah. let you not know that she drowns. Good, don't tell me she drowns. Now, he remembers the fiendish plot of Fu Manchu, in which he was going to use the rushes to save himself. Now that he cares oh. and loves about his wife again, he's going to take those rushes and fashion them to her to save her. To help save her. Gee, what a deep sleeper. I finally woke up. What's going on? <laughs> How can you ask me what's going on when the wind is blowing, the sea is yeah. turbulent? You know what's going on. Yeah. Don't pretend you're sleeping. Somebody flushed the toilet in our lake? No. No. Whoa. Look, there's our fucking house. Come on. We're only six knots out. Just six fathoms to go. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'll be right back. Where it's only four leagues under. Oh, no, Mike is leaving. I'm sorry, audience. Now I'm alone with you. And I'm a little creepy. Let me try to tell you something about this film. Um... Moore now chose the then-new Fox movie tone sound on film system, making Sunrise one of the first feature films to synchronize music score and sound effects on the soundtrack. You already know that. What else? What else? The groundbreaking cinematography by Charles Rocher and Carl Struss. Who? Who? I can't stress it enough. It was done by Carl Struss. Um, Carl with a K, which isn't cool, ladies and gentlemen. Go to carlsucks.com with a C. Don't do a K, because Carl really does suck. Uh, groundbreaking cinematography. Features particularly praised tracking shots. And I've been keeping track of these shots. 
Extensive use of force perspective and striking is striking, particularly in a shot of the city with normal-sized people and sets in the foreground and smaller figures in the background by much smaller sets. Now you might notice we're not seeing titles anymore like a storm came. This guy apparently really hated title cards and I already told you. Look how intense. I'm suspecting this is a miniature that they did in slow motion. That's what I'm suspecting. I don't know that it's true. I wish Mike was here to get his opinion because you look at these waves and they're serious. How can you make these waves in a lake? Okay, the calm after the storm. We've all heard of the calm after the storm and here we have it. Now, it's hard to see him in this print, but he is in the bottom left. Hi, Carl. Welcome back, Mike. What happened was the storm was happening, and then, like I told you, he tied the rushes on. I was wondering how they did the effect of the storm. Like, was it a miniature in slow motion because the waves looked a little funky? But I don't think so. This is like... The boat capsized, they they got washed, you know, and now he's alone in this little cave inlet, or maybe he's on the shoreline. I'm not sure right. in the picture. But but where's she? She where's is the nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen. Because oh, no. she drowned. But he tied the the green grow the rushes on her. Well, you know, this film is a tragedy, okay? He it's ironic, right? Because he was gonna kill her anyway. And the rushes were to save him. Yeah. Well, you know what? He would have died because the rushes did shit. Boy, I wish I could just rewind the episodes in which you say uh, Green Grow the Rushes wrong because you said it's so stupid. I forget what you said. Do you remember what you said? I know. Groceries go. Something weird. You were like, yeah, I can't. Whatever. It's not a, it's not, it doesn't roll off the white. No, it doesn't. Tongue. Now, especially not from the stone brain. Hey, look, there's a woman from the city, and she's hearing some sort of commotion. So she's like, psych, he did it. Right. Because they're like, we, everybody rally to go help find the missing woman from the storm. Now, we will not see her naked, but we're going to get it implied like a wind will blow up. One thing that's weird is like, what is she still doing there but for waiting for the dude? Yeah, you that's know? what I mean. Literally, there's shots back of her just hanging out in bed waiting yeah. for him to come back. She smokes cigarettes. She sleeps. She has a bite to eat. She gets her shoe shine. Yeah. I'm sorry. That should not be an anemone. You can hang out on my farm. But I'm not shining your shoes. <laughs> What in the world is there to do in that little village, you know? Like, why? It's for vacationers to use the lake. So if you're not doing that, there's nothing to do. So, oh, look. Full backle nudity. She grabs another. So we right. almost saw her naked, and it didn't work out. But the cameraman refused to move just three inches to the right. <laughs> National Board of Review. Yeah. But she doesn't close her door. I know. It's no longer a door. Now, look, she can't run down there to see what's going on, so she, she just hides. 
up to in the tree. Try to observe. Everyone's like, let's go. See, there's husband saying, please go find her. Please help. She's out there somewhere. The city girl's like, wow, he's really acting. Yeah, that's right. She thinks, okay, our plan is going to task here. We'll sell the farm. It's been a long time. It's been a day, right? Right. He was going to kill her this morning. Yeah. Boy, he's going to sleep good tonight. He's got to be exhausted. Oh, he had a busy day, Carl. Full trip. Yeah, he caught a pig. He tried to kill a woman. He danced in the... He didn't have enough money for the bill. It's been a big day. Now, look, you who's th that? Is she alive? No. She drowned? Look she, how she's hanging on the rushes. Yeah. Still with the wig. Rushes yeah. is shit. Now, the thing is, they will now have a wig on her that looks like fucked up hair. You know, like she's been in the water. They spent the budget had two wigs schedule. <laughs> Wet wig and dry wig. Wet wig and dry wig. Wet wig. Now this is 1927, and back then they still had the wig party, and she was in it. Oh, back then I knew nothing. I'm just kidding. That was the 1700s. I'm part of the know nothing party. How's that working out? I don't know. <laughs> Perfect answer. Look at him. Hey, he's not even speaking. But he's trying to scream for her name. Now, we don't know the name. Right, they're listed as like the man, the wife. Right, the but apparently when there was filming, um, they did have names. He took away the names to give it more symbolism. So that they represented. Right. The abstract. The long sequences of pure action. No, no, no. Here we go. The characters go unnamed, leading them, lending them a universality conductive to symbolism. Two main characters are never officially named in the film, although the screenplay names huh. Anne Sass and Indre. These names were also used on set. Lip readers have claimed to see the names being spoken by the characters to each other. Nice. Anas and Indre, I guess. So look, he's defeated. He's slumping over. It's ruined. I don't have a wife anymore. She is dead as the door. As a dead go the rushes. Careful that electricity in that lamp. I know, right? All those fireflies are about to drown. <laughs> You're gonna drown the fireflies. They're like, well, uh, poor dude. Take your hat off. Dead. Come on, take your hat off, dude. Do you need more fireflies, sir? Let's go back. She's sure. fucking dead. We'll donate the dandruff on our heads that we exposed. <laughs> wow, they spared no expense. They even got dandruff for the wig. Yeah. Just to make it look... $5,400 worth of dandruff. So, as you know, we broadcast out of San Francisco. Our hero is born in San Francisco, and... Janet Gaynor, like, graduated from San Francisco Polytechnic High School nice. in 1923. 
So there's some San Francisco in this thing. Right, even though this is a non-disclosed area. Right. They call it the man, the woman, uh, the farm, the city. Now, she would go on in 1937. Okay, she, Lady from the City is seeing the de pretending, acting, despondent husband. Right. And she's going, wow, you get an Oscar. It's a good thing they came out this year because you're going to win an Oscar for this live performance. And we're going to go bang every night in the city. Right. Now, this is someone's mom. I don't know if it's the... I think it's the oh, woman's mom's. Yeah, you're probably right. With the baby. Yeah. And, she, you know, she's going to be, you know, he's not hugging her, helping her. He just is shell-shocked. From World War One. Yes. Now, Gaynor would go, not from World War One. He, he was, he did, was unscathed in the war, by the way. That was one of the things That's that was crazy. impressive about him. He did all this dangerous stuff. Uh, chasing submarines and uh, helping wounded men as a medic on the field, like a stretcher guy, and uh, never got killed. Wow. Got shot. Um, this Janet Gaynor would go on to do the famous A Star is Born in 1937. And of course, she won another act, you know, Oscar for Well, no, it was a nomination. I'm just saying, she would go on to do a lot of stuff. I got a long list here of films you never heard of. She retired in only in 1939, which is pretty early, and she married costume designer Adrian. That's the only name I have. She had a huh. son. The weird thing is Adrian was totally gay, and they married. Look, he's got he doesn't have lead boots here. He's got lead legs. I know. Oh, the the side of the, her bed. He's her despondent. Bed. Yeah. He cannot believe what has happened. But the woman from the city sure as fuck can believe it. And she's pretty happy about it. Here she comes. Now, there is no more wife, but she's still going to give the whistle, their signal. Right. That's a Pavlovian. He suddenly gets an erection. <laughs> yeah, but not anymore. Not anymore. He's pissed now. Going, that's the whistle of that bitch. You got me into this predicament. <laughs> oh, right. God. And the rushes did not save her. Why would it have saved me? Why wouldn't they have rushes in the boat anyway? If it's a like preserver. As a life preserver? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Ooh, look at that. Slowly I turn. I'm an actor. I'm an actor. <laughs> I'm acting. I'm acting. Now look, the door opened on its own. Weird. Now, she's like, our plan, everything worked great. Give me a kiss, honey. We could sex kiss again. And then she goes, wait a minute. You don't want to sex kiss me. You want you a want sex kill. Me. Wait. Wow, the music's going apeshit. Now, wait. They have now found, they're taking her out of the water. Chokey, choke, 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 choke. Don't do it. 
Now he said she's saying is she saying the real name that we Oh right when we and... he's calling to her and she's happy. Now what does that imply? Oh the woman's not drowned. Yeah, she's alive. Yee. Look at she's walking out of there. Yeah, she's slinking away, if that's a word. He's got that hunch. Yeah, he's got the way he walks. Yeah. This boots. You gotta be fucking kidding me. She's alive. What the what are you talking about? Why was I choking this woman then? Oh, now, so the, the green grow the grushes does work, Carl. Grushes. You did it again. Green grow the grushes. Look at her fake wig, her stringy hair wig. My hair's been wet wig. That's right. Now, you mentioned that the title cards disappear towards the end of the film. Correctamundo. Like, for instance, we didn't say, she's alive. We didn't see, you know. Now... Don't ruin it. They're going to be sexing. <laughs> That's right. Now, he's going to tell the story of how he found her and brought her out. Oh, oh wow. Right around the Just get to the point, I said. So apparently he didn't give up hope. He knew how the tides worked, so he went around to another place where it was going to be taking them out, and he found her. Now, there's some weird jealousy thing. Like, the mom is so happy she's touching him, but th look, the wife is over her shoulder there. Oh, yeah, I can't believe it. And there's going to be a little bit of jealousy, which is interesting. She's so happy. Oh, yeah, look at her. Look at her face. Look at her voice. Isn't cool? He likes it. Uh-oh, I see a rolling pin coming in three. <laughs> he wants another. Oh, ow. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Frying pan would have been funnier. Okay, everybody, get the fuck out of here. You don't have to go yeah. home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> yeah. Last call. Get out of here. I got a fart. Close the door. Oh, I've been holding this in all day. Uh, here it is, Carl's movie title. Sunrise. What a bad print it looks like this second, but this is the best print we got. I'm telling you, the other version I saw, I couldn't even see anything. It's all foggy. Yeah. Who's going back to the city? Yeah, you're not getting in. Yeah, look at that face. Right. Could have got the farm. Yeah. Wife bought the farm. Tired ass out of here. Why don't you take the train? Wife dies. She buys the farm. I move in. I buy the farm. I had it all planned out. Oh, it's funny when you buy the farm. He bought the farm. Means you died. Yeah. Okay, it's a brand new day. There's yeah, the sunrise. There's nice wig. Right, this morning. is a recovering wig. Recovery wig. Good morning, sunrise. Good morning, song between two humans. And I say that as a fellow human. She would go on to be in the Broadway play of Harold and Maude. She would go on to be in the Broadway really? play of On Golden Pond in 1982. Oh, but she's not good enough for the movie. I got you. Sunrise. There's the sunrise. I think this is the scene I, I always confuse me because they're going to be... Oh, penis. Penis. Pe it's pronounced penis. 
<laughs> All right, Phineas, he did it. He remained faithful, Carl. That was terrific. What did you think of it? It was terrific, right? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm, I don't have much criticism. You know what I mean? It was a, it was a good film. Yeah, I agree with you. We watch a lot of trash films on purpose here, but right, I can't trash this film. It's it was it delivered. It was terrific. I love I love the little nightclub merry-go-round yeah. Ferris wheel thing. It wasn't even Ferris wheel. It was a fucking roller coaster. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this movie as much as we we don't really have much to say about this film. Normally, we'll say Stacy Keach was unbelievable with Roger Moore. <laughs> None of that. Well, Classic I mean, okay, it was a very beautiful expressionist film. It had all these innovations. They were really doing a good job with what they had to work with. Right. Uh, the way they superimposed two images was unheard of. The way that the music soundtrack went and sound effects went with the film was unheard of. They had a great opening night with uh, a Mussolini interview and the Vatican's <laughs> Choir. I don't know why this movie wasn't a hit. It was critics loved it, and it was one of those like it should have been a hit movies where you watch it and you go, "This is a good movie." Like I yeah. just, it's it's accessible. It has that you know motion action and yeah, it's you a good film. The general with Buster Keaton, you're like, why wasn't that a blockbuster smash? Yeah, absolutely, Carl. Let's talk about next week and things to come. Yeah. Our next week's movie is Things to Come. Oh, H.G. Wells, that's right. right. Okay, let me write it. This and... is from 1936. It is the H.G. Wells book, Come to Life. Uh, this is a recommend. Carl recommended this movie, which makes it even more. Uh, let's see if we have a trailer for it. Okay, good, good uh, question. Nope, I just see all full length. It, it sounds right. This This is the kind of film that wouldn't have it. This is some sort of film in which there's going to be a um, disaster in this. It, it, it starts out there like it, it, it's going to be war. They're on the brink of war, and, and it, it will go forward into the future, and we'll get to see like what people in history thought the future was going to look like. All Flash Gordon kind of looking things. Nice. Uh, I haven't seen the film yet. That's just what I know about it, and I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to this, too. I've never even read the book. I know of the book. And I'm a big fan of Nostradamus. So, hey, man, I'm all for things to come. So next week we'll be doing 1936, <laughs> Things to Come for H.G. Wells. You can find us. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to say, uh, and then I'd like to say, donate to the station, Mutiny Radio. Go to Venmo, at Mutiny Radio is the official handle. Throw in some bucks. Check us out. We are uh, everywhere and nowhere. We're on Discord with our own channel, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. But we do have a Facebook page. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Very popular, as well as a very unpopular Twitter. <laughs> my, uh, my Twitter account for our still has 20. Very uh, no, 30, unpopular. Yeah. Very unpopular. I haven't posted, that's why. And we also on uh, one other thing, right, Carl? Well, we're on YouTube, YouTube uh, on LWAFLMOYT, and I sync the movie and our podcast, so that's the perfect experience for the show, our YouTube channel. On YouTube, and you can see us in person as well as the celebrity comedian being interviewed. You get to see them as well. Right. All right, Carl. Hey, this has been a blast. 
Uh, we want to welcome you guys to join us next week. Ha- hang out. If you're listening to Muni Radio, Ugly Sundays is next. So keep listening. And uh, thanks, Pam Benjamin, for my Muni Radio t-shirt. Very and, nice. Yeah. Very nice. You should, you should launder that. No way, man. That means I would have to take the shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we'll see you guys next week. With our uh, Razzies are coming up. Razzies. Yeah, that's right. Razzies episode. Razzies. We're going to vote on air. We're voting on air. Razzies, we're both members. See you later. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been over one long year watching movies bad, strange, and weird commandeer by Michael. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh, duh. Let's watch a Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you, man? All right. Ready to watch this film. Looking forward to a good episode because it's a good film. We are going to watch a good film this week. We are streaming right now, as we always do, every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on San Francisco's own Mutiny Radio. What is Mutiny Radio? It's an internet radio station. You can find it at mutinyradio.fm. You can hit it and you can stream it. We have full afternoon uh, Sunday shows. We're just part of it, so make it an afternoon. 
But check it out. Listen to us first on Mutiny Radio. Listen to us next on our podcast, which uh, posts every Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. Uh, you have to find it by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Go ahead and subscribe. You'll hear the, the podcast. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with the sound off, and you're going to listen, watch the movie and listen to our podcast at the same time. So you're going to have to find the YouTube. If you want to just not deal with it, check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Carl is the producer of this show. You heard his fantastic theme song. He has researched this movie we're going to watch. He has also synced this movie and posted it on YouTube. And very shortly, Carl, we'll be hearing an interview you had with a celebrity comedian who will talk Correct. about their celebrity and their comedianness, and then give us a countdown to this movie. I'm really anxious. A good movie this week? Carl, what is this movie? This week, we will watch The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Don't, don't put in man. The Incredible Shrinking Woman, 1981. And the channel we like is Kenny Love Music Movie. Not Jimmy Eat World. Kenny Love Music Movie. That's the most inspirational uh, YouTube channel I've heard. So Kenny loves mo moves, music movies. Fuck you books. Kenny doesn't like them. No, no, Magazines, no. Uh, book, it, it, movie is quicker. Goes yeah. right in. You know? Uh -huh. Video uh, game, too much for Kenny. So go ahead and find. The Incredible Shrinking Woman. The Incredible Shrinking Woman. 1981. Kenny loves music movies. You're going to find Kenny's link. Here's what we need you to do. We want you to enjoy the following interview coming up. And during the interview, we want you to hit, find the link, hit play, hit pause. Whoa, no, even worse. That, 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 two ads. Yes. So two ads will play. One, you're just going to have to watch. The other one, you can skip at five. And once that rigor, no, actually, I just got one ad today. Good for me, right? Lucky me. Yeah, I got one ad. After that ad plays, hit pause, move your timer to zero, zero, zero. And then while you're listening to the interview, the celebrity comedian, when they're done, they're going to give you the celebrity comedian countdown. And when they say go, we go. So, Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Chris Carfaro. Welcome. Hey, Carl. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Now, we know each other out there on the comedy scene. Most of the time, it's open mics, less than shows. And I think you're very new to comedy. Maybe there was a pre-pandemic time, but, uh, you know, in the in the context of things, right, it's pretty new. Tell, tell me why you got into comedy, how you got into comedy, and how long are we talking about here? Sure. So uh, before the pandemic, I had one of my friends who thought he was funny come at me and say, hey, I'm doing an open mic. I know you love comedy. Uh, why don't you come out and uh, try it out? So me and him, we went to the uh, the original stand in New York City. Ah, uh -huh, the original first one. Yeah. Open mic, yeah. Um, that dirty, dingy basement. <laughs> I was like, we've made it. This is how comedy should be. And I told a story uh, about my dad, something I've told to all my friends, family, hundreds of times. You know, so I already knew that it was going to be a decent story to tell, and we got some laughs. But for us, we were like. First time we got laughs. Comedy's easy. Like it's done. <laughs> it then really is. We went, yeah. Then we went back the second week, tried actual material, and just played to crickets. <laughs> so mm. I took a little bit of time off after that. Uh, I had to check the ego a little bit. But then, um, was that I'd laughing say, Buddha? What's that? Was that laughing Buddha? 
So, yeah, it was uh, early on in the Laughing Buddha. I don't think they had a formal uh, agreement yet with the stand, but now if you go to the stand, it's all Laughing Buddha shows right. as far as the open mic, um, which I like those people. They're nice. Um, they let you on, and they, they give you some good encouragement. Those are always good mics to do. Um, but then I took a little time off, and then I really because missed it. Because of the it, pandemic? So. Because of the pandemic? or So that was in 2017, so I took about till uh, early 2019 to get uh -huh. back into it. I really needed some time to let that ego cool off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So then I went real hard um, on comedy, going all the open mics. Uh, I actually saw you for the first time. We didn't uh, meet then, but I saw you at uh, Scotty's Comedy uh, Cove. Yeah. And I saw you do the first mic flip. And I was like, oh, comedy is more than just telling stories. This is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, I hit up the scene a little bit, did a couple showcases in the city, uh, actually got uh, the industry room at um, Broadway Comedy Club. I won that competition, so I Terrific. had a little bit of a residency. And then right at the turn of that, pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a scientist, uh, former scientist, I guess you could call it at this point. Well, you're between um, jobs, right? Right, right. I'm taking a little bit of a hiatus. <laughs> you're educated. You are a scientist. Right. So literally, right, we hit the pandemic. I think comedy's dead. So I'm like, I might as well just double down on science because hopefully this is the only pandemic I'll ever see in my entire lifetime. Mm. I think it would be pretty good to get that on a resume. <laughs> so I did that. And did then, you do any um, Zoom shows during the pandemic? No, I literally just said, Chris, if you're going to do something, you have to do it all the way. Um, it looks like that's going to be science. You know, I didn't really have a lot of connections at the time in comedy, so I didn't know who I could ask where they were doing Zoom shows, you know, uh, where the uh, outdoor shows were. So right. I, I literally just said, it's time for you to be a scientist, time to help out the community. And then I was like, I'm just having fun. <laughs> I need to get back into comedy. Now, you do a lot of jokes about growing up rural, right? Growing oh, yeah. up country. Tell me about that. Where did you grow up? How did this influence your comedy? And uh, what's the contrast now? Uh, I mean, we're, this isn't ur an urban setting, but still, <laughs> yeah. you know, tell us about the difference. Of course. So uh, I grew up in Long Valley, New Jersey, which uh, <laughs> if anyone doesn't know where that is, it's in Morris County, right up against the Pennsylvania border. Um, and I grew up right across from a horse farm. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty rural. Uh, I had like a quarter mile long driveway. Uh, so it's definitely different. I live in Hoboken right now. Yeah. And uh, just the, the sounds at night. I'm used to, you know, hearing like raccoons and, and deer and bear. Sure. And those things are what put me to sleep, you know? When I hear a siren, I'm like, all right, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. got to be an emergency. Exactly. But I feel like that has definitely uh, influenced my comedy, at least uh, up until this far. Uh, I mean, the great juxtaposition between where I grew up and where I uh, am living now. Plus, I also went to school in the Bronx at Fordham University. There's just so much that an outside observer who's never experienced any of this, mm -hmm. like you can just take in. I've never experienced Ubers until, you know, probably three years ago. Mm -hmm. So that whole experience is one thing that's still kind of blowing my mind. I don't understand how you could have a stranger just pick you up in the car. 
Now, from in Long Valley, still within 50 minutes, you're in the city, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and Morristown, that's, you know, I mean, you weren't so removed, right? right. Is it really so secluded? Say It's pretty crazy because I would say up until college, um, maybe a little bit in high school, I thought Morristown was the big city, uh-huh. you know? We play, I played football in uh, high school. We played Morristown every single year. And when we would go there, we were like, all right, are we going to have police escorts or something? It's pretty dangerous out there. Yeah, it's and dangerous then, in Morristown. Yeah, later on, I met someone from the Morristown football team, and uh, we actually had a cow walk across our football field right before a state championship – or not state championship, mm-hmm. state playoff game when we were playing Morristown. And they were like, we'd never seen anything like that. We were just waiting for a bear to come eat the cow. So <laughs> it wasn't just me. I always felt like it was just me projecting, but it's other people. It's yes. uh, it's a whole new world. Okay, now I want to get to this movie podcast. You have a huge movie podcast. <laughs> What's the name of it? Well, it's called The Huge Movie Podcast <laughs> because it's all-encompassing, right? So it's me, um, my friend from home, Connor Garrigan, uh, John Gallagher, a new friend, and Jack mm-hmm. Mayberry, our producer. What we're doing every week is we've taken the IMDb Top 100 Movies of All Time list, and we've put that into a giant bracket, right? So we use the seating from that to make our matchups, um, and every single week we take one matchup, we argue about which movie should be moving on, which one's best. We argue why that is. And uh, overall, we're hoping to see what the actual greatest movie of all time is, uh-huh. in our opinions. Gotcha. Um, we've had a very, very big disagreement with IMDb. Uh-huh. We hate Citizen Kane, as I've told you before. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most overrated movies there is. And it if is. everyone disagrees, come listen to the podcast, come comment. And I'll fight you on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rosebud, not uh, the, the most uh, revealing ending. Uh, I don't know. Like we were talking in person, you know, it was um, it was it was shocking to people at the time, and that m- made it very popular. And now it's gotten to the point. You're right; it's overrated. At least yeah. in my opinion, I'm with you guys there. A hundred percent. And you know, it's not to say that at the time these movies weren't good or on the cutting edge. But as one of the main themes we've been talking about, because we're still in the lower-ranked movies, those tend to be the older movies that have fallen out of favor with people. We've noticed that the technology for when these old movies came out were cutting edge at the time, right? Yeah. It influenced a bunch of different movies. However, the movies that are being produced right now have taken what they've done, expanded upon it, and it's like anything. The old's going to come out and the news going to replace it. Yes. Not saying that those weren't great movies at the time, but there's better stuff now because of those old movies. Yeah. So you can still have an appreciation. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Okay, Chris Cafiro, how can people find you out there on the internet, on social media? Do you have a website? Do you have YouTube? Is Instagram your haunt? How can people find you and find out what you're up to? So biggest two things, uh, Instagram and YouTube, uh, both of those are at Chris Carfaro. Um, in- Instagram and YouTube are both where you'll find the uh, podcast as well, uh, the Huge Movie Podcast. Again, uh, I'm on Twitch at uh, Topher Carf, so 
So it's the end of Christopher and the first four <laughs> letters of Garth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, that's people, basically it. So people who are listening to the audio version know the last spelling of your last name. It's like Car, then Far, then an O. Car, yeah, Car, Far, oh. But it's <laughs> very nice. But it's Car Pharaoh. It's Car Pharaoh. Yes. Okay, now Chris, Chris Car Pharaoh. Everyone at home poised to watch this film, same time we do here in the studio. So everyone at home has got to press play on their device at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Chris Cafaro, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right, I've been waiting for this. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown, for your Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Very interesting. I can't wait to listen to it later. Right, we're starting off with Universal, the old school intro. Yeah, this is a Universal movie. It really appeals to all audiences. Universally. <laughs> oh, there's no CC on this. Uh, Kenny, come on, we need closed captioning. Well, Lily, Tom Lily Tomlin, it says for you, Charles Grodin. Oh, it's star-packed. It's, it's it is star-packed. Ned, Ned Beatty? Listen, you can't have Charles Grodin without Ned Beatty. Good point. I love the graphics. Talk about 1981. Yeah. It's like your calculator's graphics. Your pocket calculator. See how they what? zoomed in? Says the cast is full blast. Mark Blankfield. Who's Mark Blankfield? He, we saw him as the star in The Jerk 2. That's right. He was the star. That's right. And he does his job in this film. I mean, he really does a good job. You know, he's very much a comedic actor. There's lots of um, Pratt Hall kind of things. Well, so Mike what this movie is trying to do is talk about how awful consumerism was in the 70s. How it, I mean, this is 81 it's released, but it was shot in the 70s. And so is this an actual commercial? So this guy's actually on the street as from a supermarket. Right. And he's trying to get people to try the product. And it's basically Cheese Whiz. Um, and, of course, Cheese Whiz tastes gross, I think, personally, myself. A lot of – the more sodium, the better it tastes. Oh, and I agree with you on that. So that's the joke. People are going to try the product and blech. This whole movie is talking about the consumerism, and it blames her shrinking on these chemicals, you know, from all the products. Based suggested by the novel, The Shrinking Man. Right. Now, in 1957, there was a movie called The Incredible Shrinking Man, and they're trying to say that this movie is a parody of it, but it's not. It's just the title. It's just a parody of the title, you know? Yeah. Um, there was a book in 1956 called The Shrinking Man, and it was uh, authored – let's see. Yeah, here it is. The guy's name is Richard Matheson. He hated this film. He thought it was terrible and unfunny. Oh, no. That poor guy. He must have seen the yeah. wrong movie. Yeah, he's a famous Twilight Zone science fiction writer, Richard Matheson. Look, look. He she he just shoves she he just shoves the crackers in her mouth. Lily Tomlin is just a consumer coming out of the grocery and she's been ambushed. Right, all on television too. Let's see what he says. Oh, 
She's reading a book. That's how I do it. I have my four kids on the shopping cart while I push a novel. <laughs> now, her kids are the typical 70s kids. They are not well-disciplined. They're out of control because kids will be kids is the way we thought of it back then. So oh, they right. chaos and trouble. And also, it's about the craziness of life with kids that accidents will happen and that's what's just about to happen this curious little girl uh the aerosol can back in the 70s that's instant death now i, I, I guess that's a cleaning product or something they're really struggling it with now every movie has an inciting incident that kicks off our movie like you see the beginning of the hero's regular world and then something happens that rips them away from that regular world well, this uh, movie doesn't do a good job with the inciting incident. We really don't know what is making her shrink. When I saw the film as a kid, and that's why I suggested this. I did this, too. So I thought she fell into a vat of chemicals and it, it affected her. But no, that was actually the ending. And I will get to that. So, Oh, man, okay. look at those melons. <laughs> it's more of the craziness of suburban life and i'm i'm one thing i should mention up front during the opening credits this is written by jane wegman and directed by yes. joel shoemaker and and right. i think with lily tallin and uh charles grodin i only saw this movie in 1981 but yeah, yeah it stuck with me this film i really liked it too i really yeah. did and i i don't know if i liked it but it stuck with me too it's it does a, a trick and again like I'm watching I can't say I'm rewatching it if it's been 42 years but yeah right you can't yeah. I know but it's like what I remember as a kid was that it was entertaining but it had a real message about like just like a really strong feminist message in this because she literally is neglected in this movie and uh, she's like wow. just an item she's an object in her little dollhouse literally in this film and the husband ignores her and. She's trying to be heard. And I no. just remember. No, that's not the movie no. I saw 41 years ago. No, she is a major character in this film who is not overlooked at all. She is the husband, loved by the husband. Really? Okay. All right. Absolutely. But don't you think it's a metaphor being trapped in a dollhouse and being small in a room whose voice is small? I think it could be a metaphor if this movie, movie had a small woman who was ignored. She is large and in charge in this film. Now, are we seeing two Lilies? We are. We're seeing two Lily Toms. She'll play four people in this, four characters. And two of them are made famous from um, from from Latin, which was her start, really. Let's now, see. She was in, most recently in a movie called 80 for Brady, but this movie, right. she's like 40 for Brady, right? Because it's 42 years ago. Yeah, I suppose, yes. She probably is in her early 40s here. Now, the woman who sh she's sitting across from herself. Now, this neighbor is named Judith Beasley, and she was a character really from to Lily Tomlin's live comedy shows, uh, more than laugh-in. We'll see that telephone operator... Oh, one ringy dingy. But it's like a cameo kind of thing. Luann, I think. No, Luann was the child. Uh, let's see. 
Ernestine, a telephone operator, and Edith Ann was a little girl who would sit in the big chair. She'd pretend to be a little girl, and that was on Laughing. That didn't make it into this film, but it did make it into the TV version of this film. Oh, how cool is that? For no other reason, because they had the footage. It's like, here, I'm going to leave these products with you. She goes, I have no room in my house for these products. She goes, no problem. <laughs> they stick to the wall. More products. <laughs> That'll be throughout the film. It's sort of like an Avon lady kind of takeoff. Consumerism just trying to sell right, to all of house. the literally, literally in your own home. And the husband, of course, has a job doing advertising for products. Gotcha. Now we're having a funny bit, and they're doing the crazy music of you got to put all the groceries away. This is uh, me and my house. It's that I don't put them away. I just eat them. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we're, well, we're to the Pop-Tart. Oh, never mind. Now, we don't have bags anymore at the store. Do you guys still have that in L.A.? Yeah. I mean, you California has a law. This takes place in California. Again, when we saw this, we were in New Jersey. And I always had an idealized fantasy of what California was like because of films like this. But as mm -hmm. it stands today, you can get a bag. You just pay in a, a dime. Oh, okay. Is it a plastic bag or a reusable? It really, it really depends on the comp on the store, but it's usually a plastic or paper bag. And like a Trader Joe's, I'll get a double paper bag, or I could buy like the little reusable Trader Joe's bag, say. But if I do the double bag, that's twenty cents. But it's, you know what? When that law passed like ten years ago. Right. It was fine. I just need the fucking bags. I'll right. pay the extra 10 cents. I reuse the bags. Yeah. Anyway, so now here comes Charles Grodin after his business trip and he like did really well and they gave him an hour long presentation. They gave him a standing ovation. Now look, that's love. That is love. <laughs> Not an ignored woman. And it's all going to be about them tonight. Great. Oh, with the kids too? The kids are not well, happy. The kids dad. like, Daddy's home. And they're like, Hi, Dad. And he goes, All right, I guess the presents will wait. And they go, Presents! And they run. The good, good, that's good airport presents right there. Yeah. Right? Welcome right. to Seattle. They I make got, that joke, Mike. Oh, they do? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a dead ringer. But you have to expect it, right? Mm hmm. And for the lady. <laughs> now joel shoemaker and well you know i don't know if you remember lily tomlin had a woman one woman show called in search of intelligent life in the universe yes it, yes and that was one of her first big things that made her a famous comedian that's written by jane wegman who wrote the screenplay well that she would jane uh wagner is her wagner. wife in yeah. real life for decades they met Let's see. They met so long ago. Um, she made a writing debut, CBS Afternoon Special, JT, in 1969. She won a Peabody Award for that. And that drew the attention of Tomlin, who was looking for someone to help develop the laugh-in character, Edith Ann. So that's okay, it was the beginning the... of a collaboration. They fell in love, and, and they're, they're together today. Back when she was 20 for Brady. What? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, she wrote and directed Moment by Moment, starring Tomlin and John Travolta. She wrote this. Oh, yes. uh, well, it's a long list of things. They're not all collaborations with uh, Lily Tomlin, yeah. but most of them are. 
And Most, I think she's very comfortable with that. I saw a really good movie with Lily Tomlin called Grandma. It came out maybe eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. And that starred the woman who would go on to be in Ozarks and yeah, get the... very successful. She wasn't at the time, but she really did a good job. She really played the um, meek, uh, you know, she was a girl in trouble. And yeah. Grandma was helping. Grandma was helping. Yeah, that's okay, true. No. He's going through names for perfumes. How about intense? How about the thing? And, oh, and Lily Tomlin goes, how about sex pot? And the next thing you know, he's in the office going, sex pot. Sex pot? <laughs> it's bold. I like it. It's direct and to the point. It's, it's hardcore marketing. I love now, it. This is a little sick because they want to overhear their parents having sex. But when their parents really do start to have sex, they leave, which is the proper thing to do as a little pig kid. Now, remember I told you about the inciting incident. What right. is making her shrink? We really don't get to see it except for in this scene, there's like a hint. See, they're going to do it now, and the kids just recognize that and walk away. Oh, good. We're panning over to what might be the inciting incident. What else could it be? So does he shrink in this scene? I could explain how he had a long trip. That's the thing I was thinking. If this is the inciting incident, then why why isn't he shrinking? Oh, all the chemicals from the yeah. neighbor. I guess from the neighbor. Is it from the neighbor? I, I there, That was on a box on the shelf. Right. So here he is in the office going, sex pot. Look at that baby's hair. God bless him. I should think of sex and dope. I think it says it all. <laughs> I think of sex and dope. Sex pot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's a shame. You know, we always say, like, if you want to see this movie, it's on YouTube. So, you know, yes. we're going to talk over it. It's our podcast. But... Well, yeah, I recommend that you see this film. Now, look, this isn't the greatest film in the world. But you are going to laugh and you are going to enjoy it. And everyone's charismatic in it. But it's not the greatest film ever. And it's not just drop-dead hilarious. Um, are you, so... are you a fan of the director? Are you aware of the director? Well, the, this director is a big deal, uh, and this is his premiere as a director. This is his first Knock film directing. Knocks he it out. was really a costume designer, a production designer, and he was an author. He wrote Car Wash, and he wrote The Wiz. As uh, Yeah, the screenplay. Joel Schumacher, yeah. yeah. He wrote the screenplay. Now, he did DC Cab, St. Elmo's Fire. You know this guy. Of course. Uh, the Lost Flat Boys. Flatliners. Yes. Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. He's out there. Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Tell me, tell well, me, you look at the list. Tell me his last films because he did one where. Um, in... 2011, he did Trespass. 2011, he did Man in the Mirror. 2010, he did 12. We're dealing oh, with it. 2009, a... he did Blood Creek. 2007, he did the number 23. That's the Jim Carrey movie. 2004, Phantom of the Opera. Huh. Okay, I but check this out, Mike. The original director of this film Phantom. was John Landis. Of the opera. Who walked away from the production and walked right into American Werewolf in London. Werewolf. 
in London. He didn't like the budget. The budget was going to be $30 million, and then they cut it to 11. And he goes, what? Fuck this shit. And then it was 13. But in the end, it was 20 million because of all the shrinking stuff. So John Landis, this was going to be his film, and wow. he walked away from it. And it, and it launched um, Joel Shoemaker. You know, I, I'm going to plug a friend of mine, uh, David Gebro, who is a fantastic uh, guy, and he has a music podcast called Discography. So think of the word disco and the graffiti, discography, graffiti, discography, okay. and um, that's how it's spelled. He has a six-part interview with John Landis, who he's he's been a six colleague. And he's known John Landis for like 20 years, yeah. And right now, the first one came out, and he talks about being in Europe, his big break, and doing Slock, his first movie. So I'm going to listen and see what he has to say about Incredible Shrinking Woman. Yeah, he might. Yeah. Okay, now one of the products they sell is Galaxy Glue. And so it was a blessing that the base got broke because he could try the product that they're selling. But what's going to happen is Galaxy Glue is going to get on everything. There's going to be a big chaos suburban crisis lifestyle with um, the Galaxy Glue getting everybody stuck. Now, you, you definitely say, like, suburban lifestyle and everybody, because the whole neighborhood is here. Right. Now, this is where it starts. The galaxy glue is on her fingers, and now it's, I mean, the stuff is so good, everybody who touches <laughs> anybody who's got galaxy glue is stuck. He's wearing a Hulk Dracula costume? Yeah. It's more of the... Awesome. I don't know. When my kids were, I, I mean, I'm not a strict disciplinarian or something, but when my kids were raised, like it was, there was order. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a scene like this would never happen. Like, <clears throat> right. No, I, was... just wearing their Halloween costumes around the house would not, <laughs> that's not really true. I guess. That's not true. They do it ever. They, she has three kids, right? Oh, pop, hang yeah, on. Pop two card. kids, a, a, da um, a daughter and a son. Oh, two kids and a dog. Okay, so now, for the first time ever, we're going to get, like, some indication that something's wrong. The straps on her overalls are really loose. And the, the bracelet she always wears is slipping off her. It's the first indication yeah, that something right. weird is going on. Nobody puts two and two together. Uh, he's like, are you losing weight? Well, that's a big food loose. Toy surprise. Yeah, now look, he goes to kiss her, and she's shorter than he expected. So she kisses. He kisses her like face instead of lips. Oh, so they do go to the doctor, right? Lee Van Cleef, right? Is and it? it's just like you're short, you weigh less, you're losing pounds, and nobody loses height. So that's a little concerning. It's a little weird. Now, look, I think this neighbor, you see how she's yeah. now walking through and she's short? I think this neighbor is too much like Lily Tomlin. It doesn't come off well. Everybody could see it's her twice. Is that your sister? You know? Right, okay, so they have the dilemma of she isn't a shrinking person as much as she's lose. Like they think she's losing height, but now she's starting to realize she's losing everything. Oh yeah, look at those. 
Man, I, I, it's so cheap. They need another ten million to build that. That's sh that props you. Well, the thing is, they were given eleven. They said we can't do the shrinky stuff with eleven. They said, all right, have thirteen. But in the end, 